I hope this is right today. I hope we did it. And everything seems to be working. Yes, hello everyone. It's uh, not Monday, it's Wednesday. God, if it's Monday again, I will scream. <laughs> it is It is Wednesday. It is new comic book day. It's July something, 17th. So 18th, 19th. It's, you know, it's definitely I, the seventeenth day. I stopped remembering like dates and days when I left school because <laughs> I don't have to write it down every day now, and I wish I still did. That would be very helpful. Yeah, I, I suppose I'm just. This is talk comics to me. Yes, hello, hi. We're here to talk about our comics, uh, um, and that's it. Yeah, and I am Champ Champenstein. I'm Heather, and I have a lot of comics to talk about today. So let's just start. You, 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 Okay, so I have an issue one here. Uh, This one's called Resonant. It is a vault comic. Um, It's a very interesting post-apocalyptic story about a a single father who's raising three kids. Uh, The youngest kid is super sick. The eldest daughter is missing a leg. But as I mentioned, it's post-apocalyptic. Like 10, what did I say, like 10 or 20? I think it just says decades Oh, one single decade, no <laughs> So, ten years ago, uh, this event happened called, it was just waves. Yeah, the first waves hit. Uh, when the waves hit, it unleashed humanity's uh, darkest impulses, so pretty much everyone just started killing everyone. These waves come in waves, and this family has survived by coming up with ways to evade the waves. <laughs> Uh, the cool thing that I do like about this, though, is, as I mentioned, they found ways to get away, uh, <laughs> ways to get around it. They use uh, locusts. They call them, oh God, I can't remember, chirpers? Chirpies? Chirpers. They call them chirpers because the chirpers can sense when a wave is coming so they can prepare themselves better. Um, I don't think that they can get away from the effect of the wave, which is why they use the chirpers. It gives them time to tie themselves up so that they don't hurt each other. The dad has been trying to train them how to meditate when the waves come so that if they are out wherever doing something, they can beat the waves and their darkest impulses won't be unleashed. This first issue, it just follows the kids being kind of left alone because the dad has to leave to go get more medicine for the youngest son and what they're doing when the waves hit. It's very, I, I really like it. It's very interesting. I think that it's cool that they made the kids not all well. I like post-apocalyptic stories where, you know, someone's really sick or yeah, yeah someone has some sort of malady. It always makes things more interesting for me. But yeah, so it's called Resident, first issue. I don't know if it's, I can't remember if it's a limited or if it's going to be like an ongoing Either way, I would say at least check out the first one. He's cool. Please forgive Megatron. He apparently hates comic books. Especially that one. Maybe he's against the chirpers. <laughs> Maybe this is his chirp. Maybe there's a wave coming. Oh, Lord. So, on that note, I will talk about my number one, one of my number ones. Uh, this is Superman. Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen. This was a, a fun romp. Fun romp in the Olsen world. Fun romp in the the Olsen world and the Superman world. I really, really, I mean, I don't really particularly enjoy Superman. Nobody tell on me. So I 
I'm very excited, like, to read Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane kind of just have Superman from a different perspective. I always like him on the side, not Mm -hmm. really, like, up in front. This is just a really funny, fun, 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 fun book. It's little snippets of Jimmy Olsen and kind of getting to know who he is, I suppose, and kind of how wholesome and foolhardy he is. So I loved it. Uh, it's Matt Fraction writing, Steve Lieber doing the art, and the art is great. The art is also one of my favorite parts. There's just so many really funny aspects of this book. I could not, if you're looking for just like a fun book, this is something I definitely, definitely suggest. At one point, he gets in this uh, government test where he is in a rocket ship gonna jump from a rocket ship in space to earth and he's taken some sort of uh injection from metamorpho that's been mixed with a reptile so he turns into a giant turtle oh my gosh (laughs) and he drops too early and superman has to like stop him and he ends up ruining something that they've been talking about since the beginning of the the book so it's just that's that's what you're getting into if you're oh Jesus Megatron he sensed how excited you were about that <laughs> uh, so yes if you're looking for something like that I that's that's what you get sounds fun um, it's a good time it was flipped through while I was observing and it looked real nice it does like I said the colors are good mm-hmm. the art is good it's just a, a solid book overall I'm excited to see what happens. I love it. Okay. Um, so next we have uh, Invaders. This is issue seven. We can't really talk about this one because Champ didn't have a, a chance to read it. But I will, leading up to this issue, just as a reminder, um, this is takes place after Namor had set off his bomb. And, oh, my God, that scared me. For a minute. <laughs> I thought it was like, are sirens going off? Um, anyway, um, yeah, this takes place after Namor lets off his, sets off his bomb, and the Earthwalkers become water breathers, and he's recruiting them. But there's more. There's always more. Zadarsky. Dadarpy. Dadarpy. <laughs> Chip Lebowski. Chip Lebowski. All right, I guess I'll go. Okay. Since you had to talk about invaders. Yes. Um, what a talk I had. <laughs> hey. You didn't ruin anything for me. I so didn't. Good. I was trying to keep it very vague. Still an old man comic? Invaders? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have Batman. And this starts City of Bane. And this shit was bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah, Tom King just fucking wrote some shit down and... Everything is blowing up. It's it is. It's really intense. So Bane has taken over Gotham while Batman has been gone, and all of the villains are essentially the police, and all crime has been is gone. It's wild. Sorry, I just was thinking about Tom King's writing process, and I for some reason thought of like. The Powerpuff Girls and Professor X, and I was like, he probably just writes like three different things on a piece of paper, throws them into a cauldron, and then like pours his blood in, and that's how he gets his stories. 
Uh, Tom King, if you ever listen to this podcast, please let us know if that's how you create stories. Yeah, I would really like to know if how so, correct I am. So would each story be like some, you know, sugar, spice, and... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he just writes the, the three things and that poison. he wants to include. Yeah, and then his blood or his tears, depending on how the story what, is. What if it's like a mix of both? Oh, shit. That's how you get Mr. Miracle. <laughs> uh, that's not wrong. Uh, but to say this is uh, very, very good. That's that's what we're getting now with, with that, that. That starts the City of Bane Yeah, that starts the City of Bane storyline. Okay. So everything has been leading up to this point in the whole story. This is what this has been about. Batman has been trying to break, or Bane has been trying to break Batman since issue one-ish. So it's just, it's really, it's really interesting, and I just love the connection of it, and I just, I just love how intelligent and thought-provoking Bane is, and just how he's like, the ruler of Gotham now. And that's and that's like what he wanted and that's how he feels like he he broke Batman. So cool. So yeah, it's it's really it's really really good. Really good. Really good. Um now I will talk about Silver Surfer Black. This He looks like a baby. He is a baby. He's a space baby. A space baby. This is the second issue of the series and I really like this issue a lot. I like the first issue quite a bit, but this issue I liked even more. I think it definitely kind of gave you an idea of where the traje- trajectory of the story may be going and what's happening, and you get more of a insight to, I suppose, the surfers' fight with Null and everything that goes on in there. And I just want to say the art is the art is so good. That's what I was thinking. He does the colors for both of them, not uh, the art. Okay. <laughs> that, I knew something was, like, the same, but I was like, mm, uh, sorry. So, yes, I, I guess this goes hand in hand. Uh, so, Chad Moore does the art, and Dave Stewart does the colors, and it just looks so good. So, if you don't want to read the words and you just want to look at the book, I think that's also a solid plan. Oh, it looks mm-hmm. great. Make up your own story. It reminds me a lot of just Christian Ward like all together yeah yeah a little more like i guess scaled back or liney yeah but definitely in that same like kind of psychedelic spacey sort of shit it's it's bananas i just i can't get enough of looking at this book and like i said the story is not bad either so that's good yeah I'm done. Okay, so I have, um, I'm not going to say too much about this because it is uh, the last issue of Uncanny X-Men, issue 22. Um, I thought this was a very solid ending. I got, like I told you that I got a little emotional, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like sad or anything. I was just kind of overwhelmed with how it all like Came ties together. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but pretty much Scott is dealing with the... The feelings of knowing that Emma Frost made it so that the mutants are hidden from humans. So they don't have to hide anymore because they're just already hidden. Like, no one can see them or know that they're mutants. They don't even know that, like, mutants existed. Um, But not everyone can't see them, human-wise. There are... There's one person still who is, like, out to get them and stuff. But, you know, some stuff happens, and 
you know, obviously people die. Some people come back, and it's like a whole fucking deal. It's awesome. I was very pleased with it. Um, but yes, this one is leading right up to Powers, I believe. That's the one that comes out next week, right? The one that comes out next week is the one that is like tied into I it. I can't remember which which. I know one comes out on July thirty. How I think House of X comes out on July thirty first. That I, would make sense. We have our magic, our fucking mother boxes. In I our don't hands. have mine. <laughs> oh shit! I forgot about you. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be googling all sorts of shit while we do this. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so this one is um, tying into powers i believe is what it is but there's a a nice little note at the very end here by the author matthew rosenberg yeah i was just uh seeing when it was written he wrote it actually back in june but it's just it's very sweet the way that it ends i just liked reading what he thought and how he feels about ending this story that he wanted to do and loved so much so yes uncanny x-men issue 22 it's the last one powers of x comes out on the 31st okay so house then I'm, I want to double check real fast. Okay. Oh. Oh. Yeah, next week. Okay. So if, if you are interested in either of those, <laughs> House of X comes out next week. Powers of X comes out on July 31st. We yes. did it. We did it. We searched it. You, you know, and I've even looked that up so many times, and I just can't remember which one is which, so... So next, uh, we both have Gideon Falls, and I have no idea what's happening in it. Yeah, it was uh, something I read, and I understood the words, and I understood the context of those words, I believe, but what it meant, I have no clue. It, Um, It was really great at the same time, but I am triply confused. Yes, it goes back and forth between um, the bishop. Right. Yeah, the bishop. The bishop from old Gideon Falls and then the doctor in current, present Gideon Falls. Goes back and forth between them. And then the city. Yeah, and the city, yeah. It's it's very confusing. I just know that something is happening. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like something is happening. I feel like something's been happening for a very long time. Yes. And not in a way that's, like, bad, but it's just always, like, bubbling beneath the surface, and it kind of is, like, spiking itself out right now in fucking weird-ass ways, dude. Yes, (laughs) and I know, I know, or at least I'm almost sure that Norton has something to do with it. Um, And, and, And the priest. Yeah, but you just don't know how. It's... It's such a slow burn, but it's so good. It's it's definitely worth it. Oh, yeah. Until, I guess, if the ending is really bad, I, I, I don't know how I'll feel then. Maybe I'll just I don't know. eat all of my issues. I just might at that point. <laughs> just um, make a video of us tearing the pages and shoving them in our mouths. Oh, my God. This to, is what we get. <laughs> to the Celine Dion song that was in Titanic. Anyway, um... Yes, it's it's Gideon Falls' issue 15. <laughs> 15. 15. And I think the next issue is like the end of this arc. Okay. I think I had read that. I might be making that up because I make up a lot of stuff that I think no, I that, see on the internet. No, that would make sense. Yeah, I just, I thought I had read that. But anyway, it's very confusing. But the art, of course, is just incredible. There's a spread in this issue that I'm pretty sure is going to give me nightmares if I look at it again. <laughs> it's so cool. Right, the black page? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Ooh. 
I just, yeah, and the thing about Gideon Falls, I think, that may be the most confusing is that it also deals with, yeah, like, time travel, a little, like, maybe interdimensional stuff. It just, it kind of throws you all over the place. So when you read it, keep in mind that if you don't like being confused or don't like that, like, reveal sort of thing, it's not for you. Yeah, maybe this isn't for you. (laughs) I just kicked over my drink. Nobody worry. Oh, no. So, okay, should I talk? Um, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about comics. Let's talk about (laughs) comics. I have Spider-Man Life Story. This is the 2000s. And if you have been listening, maybe... Oh, shit. Is it a triple chip dip this week? It is a triple chip dip. Mm. It it is a triple chip dip week. We got a lot. And thank you, Chip Zadarsky. Zadarsky. Du jour. Chip spaghetti. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. As an Italian, I approve. (laughs) Thank you for writing so many comic books. Anyway. We like them. Spider-Man Life Story... Deals with Spider-Man aging through time, starts with the 60s, we're in the 2000s now, and this, each decade deals with kind of what was happening in the Spider-Man storylines at the time. So this deals with Civil War. Cute. And the idea that his daughter turns into a spider person. Because of the war? I I think just because of that storyline. Oh. I don't, I never read Spider-Man in the 2000s. I do not know my Spider-Man history very well, and this is helping me learn it in a dumb way that's not right. <laughs> I've never read Spider-Man. Well, well, we, well. well, let's fix this. Okay. But no, the, I, I really enjoy this. It like is Chip's kind of take on Spider-Man history, and with the vague knowledge I do have of Spider-Man, it is fun in that way. Plus, it's always cool to kind of be able to reverse search, you know, what's what's happening in this in this story anyway so if you didn't like civil war this kind of just does it real quick oh you mean like the marvel event civil war yeah i oh. thought you were talking about the civil war and no. i was like that was a long time ago no no that makes way more sense Com- comic book civil war okay <laughs> i was very confused for me i was like how did he pull that off in the 2000s <laughs> i guess i should have said that no, you didn't have to. It was probably just me who thought that. That's why I was staring at that issue so intently. I was like, am I missing something? Oh, uh, so yes. Give that a try. Give Spider-Man Life Story a try. Be aware that this deals with Civil War, Marvel's Civil War Marvel event. Civil War event. Not the actual Civil War. <laughs> so next, I have Black Badge. This is the last issue of Black Badge. Oh, damn. So it just wraps up where the kids are at right now. Are they all fucked up? Actually, it's kind of a, I guess, kind of a happy ending. You obviously don't know what the future holds, but they're trying to do the right thing, which is not what they were doing before, you know? They were working for a corrupt government person, and so... It's, they kind of turned, turned around and were able to find everything out and try to do what they can for the world. That's like the basic idea you go out on. Okay. Not, not bad at all. So sorry if you want to read that. I just kind of ruined everything. And you were pleased with that ending since you started from the beginning? I was pleased. I, 
I, I don't know. I, I kind of wish it could have gone on longer. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I'm happy. I think it was kind of a solid, solid circle. Okay. And that's, that's, that's Black Badge. That's okay. all I have to say about, that's say it. about Black Badge. Okay. So I'll go next. Um, this is Mary Shelley, Monster Hunter. Issue number four. In the previous issue, her and Victoria Frankenstein and Victoria's assistant, uh, Imogen, created a living man from parts of different men. And he was perfect. Oh, he wasn't. He was actually very far from perfect. He killed killed someone on accident. So Mary Shelley was... Uh, she really liked the idea that Victoria Frankenstein had come up with where she wanted to make a man equal to them, 100% equal. And because the experiment kind of failed right away, Mary Shelley thought that she could teach him how to be a normal human, how to be a man, how to be subservient, like all that kind of stuff. So uh, Victoria Frankenstein gives her a certain amount of time to teach him and she does really well. He's able to understand. He's a good man to her. More of a manservant, whatever. Mm. But there is another accident, and he ends up <laughs> killing Percy Shelley's, who is Mary Shelley's husband, mm-hmm. his actual wife, his first wife that he never divorced. He just left. But it was only because she had tried to attack Mary, so the monster who she named Adam. Because why not? Jumped in and, yeah, jumped in to save her because that's what he was taught to do and killed her, and it created a whole bunch of problems, so they were going to put him down because, obviously, that's two kills you can't have anymore. That's a lot. It's three strikes and you're out, though. Right. That's that's baseball. He can have at least kill one more person. But they didn't want to risk it because they're all pretty high-profile people, and it could get them into a lot of trouble. So... They're going to put him down. He ends up escaping, and he is now stealing people from Victoria Frankenstein's household. I'm just going to go out there and say it. I think he's making himself a wife. That seems like the next logical step. Oh, for sure. But this issue begins the story, the actual story of Mary Shelley, Monster Hunter. Her and all of her friends pick up weapons, and they're going to go fucking hunt him. I still really like this story. I love the way that it's told. Uh, I love that weird twist on the whole story of Frankenstein and how it even came to exist. So I'm very, very entertained (laughs) by this story. (laughs) All right. I have Ass Ass in Nation. And this is the last issue. Sorry, everybody, for that. (laughs) This is the last issue, and it was great. I think this was a really, really good action story. Overall, just assassins kind of out to get each other. And like I said, there's a fucking twist, and it's probably pretty obvious from the beginning, but it's still... I don't know. That's why I love how it like plays like an action movie, just because it was like, yeah, I think I know what's going on, but it's really cool to like see it actually unfold and how it actually worked, and then to see the, you know, double play, essentially. Rather than just giving it to you right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I really, I mean, if you like people just killing each other, that is basically what that story is. You know, I love it. Yeah. It's just like, and that's the shit that's right up my alley. It's funny, action-packed, kind of, kind of silly and dumb, but I like it. 
How many do you have? Four. Okay, I have four, too. Okay, cool. So, wait. Yes, four. <laughs> I forgot I had doubles. Are you counting Loki? Yes. Okay. I'm, I have one more than, than you, but it's cool. Okay. So, I have Faithless. The series is almost done, I think. It's only supposed to be five, but then I noticed in previews that there was a sixth, and it said six out of five. So, I'm still trying to figure out how that works. An epilogue? That's what I would assume. However, it doesn't say epilogue. I don't remember what it said. It's all very confusing. However, this is issue number four. Um, here's the variant, which I was kind of disappointed by. It's not as naughty as I had hoped it was. There's no devil dicks. It's just titties with devil hands, I guess. It's, it's pretty, though. I'm going to say Jenny Friesan. Yeah, it looks really good. I love the way it, it's drawn, yeah. but I just... I, I was expecting a little more. Whatever. That's cool. Titties are good enough. Yeah, I, li- I love the titties. They're nice. Um, so this issue takes place after uh, Faith's friend Aya was murdered. She is fucking her friend's dad, and she sees Aya in bed next to her. Uh, if you didn't know, this story is a lot about sex and the devil, uh, witchcraft, like all that kind of stuff. But this follows her kind of descent into an even darker madness, I guess, because everyone around her is kind of dying and she doesn't know why. And she's just horny all the time. And the only person who wants her is her friend's dad, who happens to be this huge fucking weirdo. He creeps me out, but there's a reason why he's a weirdo. He is just insane. A giant penis monster? Yeah, essentially. He, I, it's... <laughs> It's crazy. He's Wait, what just happened? It's magic. I am Yes. I am confused even though I'm not reading this book. There's like sperm coming out of somebody's I am What the fuck am I looking at? He's the one who's killing all of her friends. Um yeah, this is a a very weird book. Um, <laughs> it's really horny. Um, really, really naughty. It's, there's a lot of death. Um, but it's, you know, it's her kind of coming of age story. It's how she gets to know herself. So just like Midsummer, just yeah. a coming of age story. Yes. Family friendly. <laughs> Bring the kids. Yeah. So they'll I, learn a thing or two. Well, I have collapsed. <laughs> I feel like I am not going to do collapser justice after that. This is a story about a man. I, I guess like he seems like he's probably in his like late to mid twenties. Probably he is a DJ. He kind of seems like he's just a, like me, just like a stinky, gross bachelor. Okay. <laughs> DJ champ. DJ DJ champ. Come to my set next week. Anyway, uh, playing a lot of remixed Fleet Foxes. <laughs> I don't know. I hate you. <laughs> That's rude. I do not listen to Fleet Foxes. That's why you're going to remix it. Take some Skrillex samples and just pop it over some Fleet Foxes song. My ears! DJ Champ! <laughs> uh, they do talk about the Chemical Brothers in this this book. Which That's was, more up your alley. That, I, that was straight up my alley. Yeah. I was like, oh, Good. <laughs> anyway, uh, he has never known his mother, which is something you find out pretty early in in on the book and he is given a package from her and he's just confused trying to figure out what's in the package 
He also works at an old person's home. I don't know. It's just really... It's hard to explain. It kind of starts out just like you're watching this guy's life, and then he comes home from just this really long, shitty day, and his whole life gets flipped, turned upside down. (laughs) Okay. And he does not go to L.A., I don't know where this takes place, but he does go somewhere. He doesn't go to Bel Air? No, he does not go to Bel Air. Fuck. So, maybe DJ Champ remixes Will Smith's songs then. Getting champy with it? It's mainly just parents don't understand, but it's Champ doesn't understand. It's just me, like, constantly confused. Them? I, yeah. I'd watch it, read it, <laughs> read it, you know, anything. Okay. Next. (laughs) Whatever. Everybody liked it. All right. So this is an Archie horror. Horror. It's an Archie horror. 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 (laughs) Horror. Jughead, The Hunger versus Vampironica. Um, If you haven't been following this, your title will pretty much tell you everything you need to know about this series. Riverdale is overrun by vampires. Archie and Betty don't believe that vampire... Veronica, who is actually Veronica Lodge. You did it. I said it right. Um, They don't believe that she's the real Veronica, uh, despite the fact that it is. She's just a vampire, and this is the first time that they're kind of seeing that she's a vampire, which was weird to me because I thought that in Vampironica they knew. Maybe she wiped their memories. I don't know. More Will Smith. (laughs) Anyway... Um, so yeah, this deals with uh, Jughead coming out of his human shell and becoming a werewolf and fighting Veronica. So, you know, we'll see who wins. Historically, the werewolf, I, I feel like, is supposed to win. That's why there's not... The but if, you, if you're familiar with Twilight, <laughs> they may I'm, yes. team up. Yeah, I'm very familiar with this, and I was actually thinking the same thing. I thought that eventually, you know, like, maybe Jughead and Veronica would fall in love probably by the end of this. Um, I'm hoping for a horny issue (laughs) of Jughead on top of Vampironica. I just, I mean, it's possible. Anything's possible. Yeah. I mean, Archie's been with all the hottest women in Riverdale, and he's a fucking idiot, so anything is possible. Anyway... So, I have Aquaman issue number 50. I have not had a chance to read this. I cannot tell you what it is about whatsoever. Probably Aquaman, though. And, uh, and Black Bla- Manta. And Black Manta definitely returns. It says it very big. And I did flip to the back of the issue. And he is... There he is. There he is. There he is. In uh, most of the DC books in the, like, the next few weeks... There is a year of the villain, uh, the offer sort of thing happening. So in every issue, Lex Luthor kind of is talking to a villain and trying to, yeah, offer them stuff to, I don't know, do Lex Luthor shit, I'm sure. Hey, where's Will Smith when you need him to save us? This episode is sponsored by Will Smith. We love Will. Um, I used to. Big Willie style. Please. When I tell you this, you can laugh at me all you want, okay? Welcome in high to school, Miami. Bombeito a Miami. 
Anyway, um, when I was in high school, you know, you had the the student IDs. If you're our age, I think you had student IDs, right? Not at my school, but there wasn't a lot of kids at my school. Okay. Um, well, my school was the biggest school in Lincoln, and there were a lot of different groups of people there. We had a cop on site at all times, multiple cops. Officer Andrews, he was fucking awesome because he didn't give a shit about any of the kids, and he didn't do his job. <laughs> anyway. Um, Sounds like a cop. Yeah. So he he would watch people skip class, and like if someone was like smoking cigarettes too close to the school who was obviously not able to purchase them on their own, he would just like honk his horn in his car and say, get the fuck off the lawn. He was great. Anyway. We used to have these uh, student IDs that we would have to wear on a lanyard, which I thought was fucking stupid. I hated my picture, so I printed out a picture of Will Smith and put it in my lanyard. And on the back, it said, where there's a will, there's a way. So anytime I got, like, stopped in the hall, I would just flash it. And they, they wouldn't look twice because I made it, like, I put his picture over mine. So they never questioned it. But, like, at the end of the year, we had to turn it in so they would make sure that we still had it. And my principal was like, what the f- what are you doing? I was like, I've had this for three years now, and you never once said anything to me about it. So that's my story about Will Smith. That is a solid-ass story about Will Smith. I love Will Smith. Should I go again, or...? Um, yeah, you might as well. Okay, so this is issue number four of Fair Lady. I did not get a chance to read this either. I'm sorry. It was a long day at work. I I did not get a chance to read at least four of my comics. I also had 13 comics, so please, Lord, give me a break. And I watched two episodes of Dark last night. My brain's tired. Your brain is so tired. That's why time travel just doesn't make sense right now. Yeah, time travel is unnecessary. So if you've been listening, Fair Lady is several short little mysteries about a woman who is essentially the only lady detective in this land and in the past she dressed up as a soldier and you know no women were soldiers but i will give you a little synopsis on the back so if you're thinking about jumping in which you can do on literally any issue so a client is in and a client in an oversized cat mask hires fair lady jenner falds for a very personal case an avid reader, he's frustrated that the mystery book he's reading is missing its final page. Initially, Jenner balks at the rather petty assignment, but then she sees how much he's willing to pay. A fair lady's got to eat. That actually sounds really great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am a little hungry. I, I'm mainly into the idea of like a mystery book not having its last page and just being so obsessed with the idea of getting it. You hire a detective to find it. Good. Okay, so speaking of uh, time travel, I guess, since Will Smith and time travel seems to be our theme for the day, I wish I had a time machine to take me back and erase this from my memory because this was awful. This was very bad. This is Blossom 666. This is the last issue. Um, It's about the Blossom twins and their estranged brother fighting over who gets to become the Antichrist. Um, this story at first was written as if it was going to be an ongoing, probably knowing that there's only going to be five issues. So then in this last issue, they kind of tied it up or tried to. <laughs> I'm, I'm very upset about this. Um, the art is incredible, though. I loved the art for it. I think it's very beautiful uh, at times when it needs to be dark. It is. <laughs> Could have done without it still. All right. Welcome to the wild, wild west. 
wicka wicka wah, wicka wah. This is this is West Daredevil. Matt uh, Murdock. We're we're gonna regret this choice later. I know. <laughs> this is issue number eight of Daredevil and part three of No Devils Only God. And guess what? I didn't get a chance to read this issue. <laughs> I'm not going to lie that also my comics were all very, very wordy. If you are going to get into reading comics and you've never read comics before, don't think that there's just nothing going on. There's a lot of fucking words. This is the first time that I've had all my comics read and you haven't. I hate it. I hate it. I had the day off, so I got to sleep in and wake up with a fresh mind and read them all. I didn't have to worry about people going through the drive-thru. I hate the fact that I wasn't able to read all my comics. It's, like, almost, like, grating to me. It's that perfectionist mm-hmm. in my soul. I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> anyway, so this whole thing has dealt with Matt not taking on the helm of Daredevil anymore. And I was flipping through this. It looks like he's going to dinner with a, lib- a, a bookstore employee. He, employee job, that Matt. He, he thought was cute, but it turns out to be... Something completely different. I, I just flipped through this, and that's that's what I've learned. I mean... I, I am going to say, like, I though, I have to show you, like, this... When I say there's a lot of words, there's a lot of words on this page. Yeah, that's more wordy than invaders. Ooh, goodness. What are you doing, Chip Zdarsky? I I'm not reading a book here. It's a... Look, it's the triple chip dip. He, he wanted to make it as about him as he could and he did a good job you're gonna take 30 minutes reading this comic at least you'll understand what's happening (laughs) yeah he's very good at explaining so you know all the more power to you chip but if you enjoy daredevil i highly suggest jumping on to zadarsky's run it's it's fucking a good time it's really enjoyable it's nice. It's nice. It's so nice. It's okay. so good. So we got our last one here, which is something I've been waiting for for, what, three months now? At since least. It was you sh- sent me the photo so, so long ago. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed it wasn't what I originally was hoping it would be. What did you think it would be? Um, him coming to Earth to tell everyone he was gay. <laughs> I suppose we all thought that, but we yes. all know this. Okay. Or at least he's bi. Oh, God. Yeah. Why can't I do this today? <laughs> so this is Loki. This is carnageized Loki. <laughs> Here, I'll let you do your, do your there's thing. There's that. Because, uh, you know, there's that event, that carnage event coming out. Absolute carnage. Yes. Um, plus, I just really liked that it looked very similar to when uh, they were doing the Venomized, like, villains series. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Loki's villain, Ven- Venomized villain cover, it's uh, the Avengers run uh, issue 11, I believe. Uh, Mark Wade did. Okay. It's a uh, cover B. I remember that because I own it. <laughs> so, yes, Loki. Loki's great. Loki's my favorite. This is the first time I... Loki! <laughs> Sorry, I forgot I wore my other Loki shirt today. I, I was just so I, I, excited for this. I, this is the first time I've read any Loki, and I mainly did this for, for Heather. Let's be real. <laughs> I was interested in learning about... Her favorite character, so of course I would go ahead and hop on a book that she was reading about Loki. And I enjoyed it a lot. I had a good time. I This guy did really good. I was very pleased. His name, I always forget his first name. Um, Greg, I think? Daniel. Daniel Kibblesmith. He is a writer for, what did I say? The Colbert Show? Yeah. I know he has something. I, it's either that or he was doing The Daily Show when Colbert... 
was doing. I don't know. He was a writer on something with Stephen Colbert. <laughs> um, but yes, he, he does this first issue of Loki, and it's Loki after War of the Realms when he becomes Hero of the Realms. He becomes king of Jotunheim, but of course he doesn't like sitting still, so he's going out and... Creating havoc. Yeah, being fucking Loki. <laughs> um, and he has the, the tiny, tiny little frost giant. Oh, yeah. I always Dorf. forget his name, too. Durf. Yeah. Durf. Durf. Who but, is his right-hand man, and he's a tiny little boy. But he gets mad at Durf later for getting a hold of Thor and creates, like, a giant snowman. I love the snowman. <laughs> what do you name him? Frostil? Yeah, something like that. Oh, God. It's it's really... I had two solid, like, really kind of fun books. And granted, I, I know this isn't going to be fun forever. No, but th- I thought this was a very good first issue for it because it, it does create some plot... But it's also just, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty lighthearted for, obviously, what's going to happen. But Thor ends up having to (laughs) get Loki out of jail, (laughs) where he is just wasted, you know, drank a bunch, gambled a bunch, and Uh, he is just sitting there waiting for Thor. So I thought that was really funny. Yeah. No, it's just a lot of aspects of it were really... I laughed out loud quite a few times. I was just like, I look like a jackass right now. But yeah. I, I didn't mind. Yes. Um, yeah, so Loki. Loki, get it. Issue number one, Daniel Kibblesmith, which I told Champ earlier, I thought it was Tom Hiddleston, and I I just assumed that that was his pen name, his alter ego, so he could write Loki because he was so cheated out of his character. <laughs> Uh, so that kind of wraps up today. I did want to mention the last issue of Little Bird came out today as well. Our sh- shop was unfortunately shorted 20, 20 issues or so. 21 fucking issues. Like, how do you just short someone that much? Anyway, uh, so I was, I was able to read it. I know Heather wasn't, but I do still highly recommend that book. I think the ending really brought everything together and the whole idea of just nature, life, and death and everything kind of revolving around is just really good. Uh, it's just a very solid ending. I, I want to go back and read it again because I feel like I just want to take it in a little more fully, mm-hmm. but maybe we can you know talk about that next week. But if you get a chance, head to your, your local shop and pick that up if you, you have been. And if not, go grab all fucking five issues. Just do it. It's it's worth it. Just do it. Nike swoosh. Did Will Smith have anything to do with Nike? I, I, we'll figure I, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we will. We'll get to it. And we'll have a different theme next week, so. Yeah. yeah. So don't worry. Uh, we'd like to thank Will Smith, Time Travel, Chemical Brothers, uh, Fleet Foxes, and Skrillex. You all did your jobs today. Thank you, Chip Spaghetti, for mm-hmm. a double dip, triple dip. Triple dip. Triple dip triple week. Dip. And thanks for everybody who listens to our bullshit. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. We'll we'll see you next Wednesday. Oh, my sweaty legs stuck to the chair.